Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Bank of Ireland is looking out for your financial well being. They want to help protect you from fraud. So whether it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or even just plain old Tuesday, be careful online. Don't assume that every text message or email you get claiming to be from a bank, a delivery service, or any company is legit. And remember, Bank of Ireland will never send you a text message or an email with a link asking for your full 365 PIN number or one-time passcodes, so don't give them out. Search Bank of Ireland Security. And together, this Christmas, we won't let the fraudsters win. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Hello, welcome to episode 77 of the bloodandmud.com podcast, which reminds me, Josh, of Airport 77. Do you remember that disaster film? Isn't that the one that was they they bought it and made it into airplane? Like they bought the rights to the film and made it into airplane. Well, I think airplane was a skit and all those daft seventies. But anyway, yes, Airport seventy seven. It was an airline disaster film, much like this pod. Really, started yes. off flying okay, ended up underwater, and with an improbable ending that takes too long to arrive. Sounds good to me. Flying this steel can of barely reached competence is me, Captain Lee Calvert of the bloodandmud.com podcast no podcast and website there you go yes, as if to demonstrate on. my point <laughs> and over there my trusted first officer is first officer fuck me well, you oh, do well like co-pilot that. then okay, okay. you Thank can drive you. for a bit if you want anyway who are you <laughs> I'm Josh Gordon at rugbyshitwatch.com um, you can get in touch with this podcast which is available on Acast and on Apple Podcasts and all of that stuff you can also leave uh, reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts and all of that. We had a review this week, Josh, but I think it's from a bot. Oh, it's somebody called Bianca19727. Yes, it doesn't definitely. offer any sex, though, so it's not one of them ones. It just really? sort of says, oh, we think that's, you're great. I mean, that's, if anything, a little bit disappointing. It is. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, I'm at Blood and Mud on Twitter, and I'm also Lee at bloodandmud.com, and there's the website and the Facebook page and all that. And how do people find you, Josh? Uh, it's at Josh Gardner, or uh, there's, there's at... Rugby shirt watch for my uh, more officious alter ego. 
And uh, yeah, there's rugbyshitwatch.com. There's rugbyshitwatch on Instagram. Um, are you going to turn rugby you shirt watch in? You can't add me on Facebook. Just go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> are you going to turn rugby shirt watch in now? Now you've been told in no uncertain terms by that commenter that they're not following you on Twitter anymore. Yeah, I mean, I was deeply, deeply upset about that person who took a good 15 minutes out of their day to write a mini essay to tell me why they weren't following me on Twitter. I was heartbroken, devastated. Uh, I, I don't know how I'm going to get over it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so what we've got tonight, we've got what we learned from the... Well, it's tonight now as we're recording. It might not be tonight when you're listening, but what have we got this week? This week we've got uh, a player spotted coming up. We're going to find out what we've learned. Massive update in this Cloughburt Police on Cup. Some other stuff going on, and we'll have the shit good ratings as per usual. Let's start with a player spot. You know what to expect. Like, you know what to expect now, now. Surely. You know what to expect. Let's have a player spotted to start with. This yes. first one of the new season. Thank you very much to Seb Roberts, who got in touch via the Facebook page. Now, remember, we like somebody tell us that you've spotted a player doing something incredibly dull. He said, I once saw Brian Habana in the Ooh, Apples. I mean, that's a high tariff of That's players, a pretty so high tariff one already, yeah. yeah. I once saw Brian Habana in the Apple Store on the Gold Coast. This is a lot more glamorous than we normally have, isn't it? Mm, dangerously glamorous, if anything. The day after a Tri-Nations match at the Suncorp Stadium. As he was deciding between a 60 or 120 gigabyte iPod, I wandered over to say hello. Before I got closer to say anything, he turned around and caught my eye. I immediately dropped my nuts, turned around and left the shop. <laughs> We've all been Why? there, though, haven't we? I've been there where you think, oh, should I go over or shouldn't I? And then they look at you and you think, oh, well, probably not. Yeah, I don't care not. now. When I was younger, I was a... Yeah, I would have liked that more if he was buying something incredibly dull. More so, you know, dropping relative wedge on an iPod is one thing, but I'd have enjoyed it a lot more if he was buying, like, a charging cable or yeah, one of, one of those, like, connected weighing scales. That cost probably five hundred pounds because it was an Apple yeah. peripheral. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there you go. That's, that's I, it, that was enjoyably dull. That was enjoyably dull. Well done, Seb Roberts. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for telling us about that. And also, so you yeah. didn't. So you saw a bloke buying an iPod and didn't really have the courage to say hello to him. I like it. Yes. What do you want to do next? Shall we do what we've learned from the weekend? Oh, that is the tradition, as is tradition, isn't it? Yeah. So what I mean, did... I'll tell you one thing that I learned from the weekend, right? And and it's quite it wasn't from the weekend, but Liam Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Wales and Lions fullback Liam Williams yeah. has the word Jeanette, which <laughs> is uh, tattooed on his ankle. Now, now, that is not just any other name. That is the name of the mother of former Scarlet's teammates Aaron and Stephen Shingler. Right. You think this is one of those things? Now, obviously, we've been, we've been, we've, we've made some stuff up in our time. No, and is this one of them? He actually has the name of Stephen and Aaron Shingler's mother, Jeanette, tattooed on his ankle because on a boys' holiday in Ionapa or somewhere, they were all getting tattoos, and he didn't feel confident enough about the relationship he was in to get his (laughs) missus's nickname tattooed on him. So he got Aaron Shingler's mum tattooed on there instead. I was about to say, why? And then you can't, <laughs> then you went on to explain. And I, I still feel I, I have to ask the why question. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, that's that's all the information I can give you, I'm afraid. But it's... I, isn't it great being drunk? Because that would have seemed yes. like a brilliant thing to do at the time, <laughs> wouldn't it? Like, I, I can't yeah, remember I, my fucking girlfriend, so I'll, I'll do your fucking man, boys, all right? Yeah, everyone laughs. It's hilarious. Then you have 
the word Jeanette tattooed on your ankle for the rest of your life. So. I can't even think of anybody who's quite glamorous called Jeanette who you could pretend that it was about either. No, I've got an auntie called Jeanette. Is she quite glamorous? I mean, in an Aberdare way. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, well, that's a surely that's the most glamorous part. way you could possibly <laughs> imagine. So. Well, exactly. <laughs> Um, she's a tiny little Welsh woman in her early 70s, though. So, you know, that's oh, right, basically okay. what I think of. Uh, so you learned that from the weekend. Well done. Did. did you watch any rugby, by the way? <laughs> I did, actually, yeah. On top of that. Um, I tell you, I, I, the cheaters are going to be fun, or at least they're going to be fun for about 40 or 50 minutes until they realise they've been playing rugby for about a year and get knackered. And yeah, oh, I'm so very, so very tired. <laughs> he so, knackered like, me, is what they said. Yes, uh, I mean the kings are going to be the same, but less good. And but basically, you'll get fifty minutes out of a travelling South African team of relative quality. And a fair play to them; they have got some fucking athletes, particularly in that back line. But they're going to just like maybe in a year they'll be okay. <laughs> but for this season, it's just going to be it's going to be the equivalent of either you or I attempting to play a full game of rugby well, for a normal like thirds team. Link to that. Well, I learned that the Kings basically defend like they're on LSD and they're attempting to grab their own hallucinations. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what that looked like. It was unbelievable to see them attempting the tackles they were attempting. They were, I mean, no. Have we got a stat? Yeah. I haven't actually looked at a stat up. The stat must be absolutely horrific. Yeah, there were some fairly gaudy and not in a good way tackle statistics <laughs> this weekend. I've got some um, lined up for later. Do you want to do that oh, now? Yes. Should we do the horrendous Actually, defending yes. now? Let's just say her, the defence has gone to the motherfucking dogs. What was my favourite one? Sales Sharks. Mm. 55 tackles out of 81 completed for a glorious oh, 68%. Fuck me, that's actually worse than Saints. Who, it is uh, worse than Saints, yeah. Yeah, who had, uh, I'll just bring that up, tackle percentage, blah, blah, blah. It's not good, is it? Oh 84 my God. out of 113, the Saints made. Yeah, so that's 74%. Which is still bad, but, you know. It's still bad, but we are grading on quite a curve this week, remember, apparently. Remember what the dividing line for truly terrible tackling is? Were you any better than Samoa against New Zealand? <laughs> Which was 71%, yeah. I believe. They made seventy one percent of the tackles still lost by seventy no, points. Smoor had eighty. Eighty did they? That was the thing. They had eighty percent fucking tackle completion. They still got oh, well. done eighty something nil. So there you go. The great Samoan dividing line of competence has been not bit as they're well under it, Northampton. Yeah. Do you know what the most remarkable thing is? What's that? It's the Kings, right? Eighty one percent. No. Yeah. No. I think yeah. the thing is, though, when you watch them sometimes, they still ended up making a tackle, but it was the most ungainly thing you've ever <laughs> seen in your life. Time, yeah. They were, like, swinging around people and kind of tripping over. It wasn't good, was it? I mean, yeah, they're so just... Sales, they're not... The sale game was really weird because they had... The sale had 57% of possession and 62% of territory, yet mm. missed 68% of the tackles and lost quite comprehensively. That's mad. I mean, that is... I mean, it's just... It's, let's not be honest. It's not mad. It's a fucking disgrace. <laughs> it's but, an uh, absolute <laughs> disgrace. Yeah, disgraceful. Even, but the stupid thing is, even like there were, you might look at the weekend and go, "Oh, Bath's defence was brilliant on the weekend," and it sort of felt like it was. Seventy-eight hmm. percent. God, I think somebody said later on it's coming up in shit good later on, but I'll do it now. Cause, yeah, because it, it's fitting. Is that um, 
Steve Burgess got in touch, Stevie B zero two six one on Twitter at Blood and Mud, and he said, and at Josh Gardner, and he said, good was the Aviva Premiership team's attacking efforts, and shit was their defensive efforts. But I think that could be extended probably across both domestic leagues, can it not? Yeah, pretty much everyone but Edinburgh, I'd say, were fucking dreadful. Yes, where and Edinburgh were good, but they were helped by the Blues being fucking oh. atrocious. But we'll come on. To- we will come on to that. <laughs> what else? Um, other things I learned this week. Yes. Um, I fuck. I, like a, a lot of people have been praising it. I fucking hate the new tackler has to go back through the gate to compete for the ball rule. Yeah. So they've got to stand up, take their hands off the ball, and kind of re-enter and go, uh, re-enter. Why? Because it's not a ruck. There's no fucking offside line. It does all it does is a rule that they've made up that goes against the spirit of everything else in the game because they don't want players able to slow the ball down because they want more tries and they want worse defending. Yeah, turnovers and nuggets in the game. And it's not even like they're there's such a rash of them ruining everything, it's causing exactly. a massive problem. It, 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 was, it was a it's a thing of great skill to make the tackle, get back to your feet and turn the ball over before a supporting player gets in there and smashes you off it. Or an offside line's created. Or an offside line's created. Like, that was a genuine skill, and they've just gone... It was very funny in the BT thing before the um, Gloucester-Exeter game on Friday night, where they were sort of uh, demonstrating... Or it might have been... Yeah, it probably was, actually. It was that or Rugby Tonight, one of the two. But they were demonstrating Matt Kvesic doing that as an example of what's now illegal. And uh, they went, oh, yeah, yeah, Gloucester actually scored off this. And it's like, yeah, funny that. Turning the ball over and creating a broken play situation where there's a rapid change of possession and everyone's disorganised quite often leads to quite exciting things. It's like but, it's like the, after the Italy thing, they've changed the, they changed well, the rule, the point, aren't they? Yeah, obviously nobody knows if that's a good rule yet or not because it never fucking happened anyway. It was totally pointless. No, you've basically completely rewritten a rule just because one team decided to make something a bit awkward for half an hour until somebody figured it out. Yeah. So instead of actually saying to teams, you've got to figure this out and do something about it, they go, oh, let's completely rewrite, rewrite the laws of rugby. It's mad. It's fucking it? unbelievable. Yeah. I, I will say, though, I do like the new scrum rules. They make a lot more sense. Remind nobody's me what they are put, again. Nobody's putting the fucking ball in straight, but at least you can take the ball from the secondary feet. I now, really so that... don't care about the ball yeah. being put in straight, to be honest. I've, 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 I'm over it now. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been some... through that period. You know, I've been through the, the grieving, and I'm over it now because actually. When you think about how long they've been not putting the ball in straight now, it's like it's got to be the best part of fifteen years. Yeah, that the ball, not one ball has gone in straight into a, into a scrum. So, and nobody apart from Brian Moore cares. Really, no, it is very true. No, so a lot of people do care, but actually, really, they don't. Nobody's that. The professionals aren't asked. We all know it's going to no. happen. The scrum is a, as an actual competition for possession. It's probably not been it's, what it was for quite some time now. Yeah. Let's just accept you know, the reality the of where we are. As Wayne said to Garth, no, Garth said to Wayne in the film. Indeed. But like, yeah, it's whatever. Like the set, taking the ball from the second row feet as well, I'm fine with that because there's nothing more tedious than watching two scrums push at each other while the ball is kind of stuck in a second row's feet and nobody can do anything about it. And either there's yeah. a penalty I mean, or it collapses well, and we have to start again. What game was it? England, England, Argentina in the summer where they had that one, they had that one um, scrum where they just mm. pushed and were immobile for like yes. a minute. And that, yes. that was glorious, to be fair. It, it was but glorious. You don't, but you don't need every scrum to be like that. You really don't. And 
if we're telling them, you know, at the end of the day, the scrum, a scrum is supposed to be a means of restarting play after a minor infraction. Yes. So I'm all for like the scrum continuing to be a thing. And it's not meant it to, to be, to be like to... Turbo Kabaddi. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not meant to be a penalty machine. It's meant to be a way to launch an attack. And there are ways and means of doing that. But it can't just be the team that's the best scrummager is going to win loads of penalties and probably win the game. You know, there should be ways of getting around it. What else did anyway. I learn this weekend? Um, it, it, it could be Edinburgh's year. <laughs> could be. And Gloucester's year. Oh, we've been we've we've drank this particular Kool Aid before. Tell you what else I learned this weekend as well. I mean, obviously I was aware of him, so mm. I knew anyway. But it was only when I saw him in the manager's box mm. next to other people. Mm. Johan Ackerman is fucking, fucking massive, huge. His like, assistant no was like swinging a... off his neck with his feet are full two feet off the floor. <laughs> but no wonder there's been an instant turnaround <laughs> when your previous. <laughs> director of rugby or you know your previous man that's shouting at you is sitting next to that guy and he's about four foot six tall <laughs> and looks and he's drowned by a giant coat all the time and then you in strolls fucking joan ackerman who's got yeah. to be six four and he's still built like a yeah and he's still got the proper tank. like marvel neck traps yes he i will bet good money that when his team hit the weight room. He is also hitting the weight room, and he's showing some of those boys <laughs> yeah, up yes, isn't it? Yeah. as a sort of massive power play thing. That is definitely happening. Yeah, uh, which and would, that's a wonderful image I've got in my head. Yes, jo- him stood next to John Afoa or something. You call funny. that fucking lifting boy? Let's <laughs> 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 not go into our South African accents again. Let's not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Other things I learned, um, well, imagine, that's what I learned, just imagine what Saracens are going to be like with Liam Williams, the Bunapolas, Jamie George and Owen Farrell in there. Like, (laughs) to be current, to be current and hashtag spoilers, it's kind of like giving the Night King an ice dragon, isn't it? (laughs) It is a little bit like that. Fair enough. It's it's impressive and it's going to be very exciting. It's a little bit overkill because like was the whole unkillable army of the dead thing not, not enough, enough anyway? You needed a dragon. Yeah. yeah, you need an ice dragon, and that is basically Liam Williams is Mark McCall's ice dragon. It's like come <laughs> yeah. on, yes, that's the give branding. A, give someone else a chance. Mark McCall's I, Liam Williams ice dragon with I a like Jeanette that, with a Jeanette tattoo. <laughs> the, uh, it's a hey, tell you what though on a similar vein you could say the same for Newcastle Falcons of course. Oh, yes. Because they've still got Maxime Mimos to come in. Sonotti, <clears throat> Sonotti. Mm. Who else? Can't remember now, top of my head. Loads others, of them coming others. in. Other good people to come in. Yes, I think they'll be pretty decent this year, to be honest. Yeah, well, some people are talking about they could push on top six, aren't they? But we, we shall see. Yeah, I'd be. Uh, uh, we'll see. <laughs> you know, speaking about Edinburgh. You know, uh, it's reminded me of Richard Cockrell. You know, Leicester got shot of two coaches last year. Yes. And everyone was like, what was all that all about? Yeah. Well, I've got a bit of a source mm. who tells me what it's all about because apparently Richard Cockrell lived like all the Leicester managers do in the director of Rugby's Castle in, right, in, okay. in Melton Mowbray. And he was right. he was troubled particularly by a wet patch on the rug that would not go away. Oh, it just wouldn't go away. So he phones Trent Water, or whoever it is, deals with the water in that part of the world. I imagine it probably mm. is them. Um, 
thinking he's got a leak or something because they're going to have to come have a look at it. So anyway, they pull back the rug and it turns yeah. out he's got the deepest well in England under the rug in his living room. Christ on a bike. Well, exactly. They tell And it's typical Trent Water or these companies, they say, sorry, pal, it's inside your property. That's client side. Fuck all to do with those. You're going to have to sort it. <laughs> so first thing he does is he has to apply for a grant, but he earns too much. So, you know, there's nothing he can do. Yeah, no, and, you're going to have to pay for that. Well, sure. he's got no chance, has he? And no. so it's still there because he's too tight to get it filled in. Mm. He's the top and bottom of it. Yeah. So apparently, it's one of the main reasons he left the club because he, he wouldn't because he went to the club and he said, "Look, I'm fucking not living in this house with the deepest well in England underneath the rug. So you're going to have to pay for it to be put in." The Leicester board say, "Fuck you, they're yeah. not paying for it." And he says, "Well, you either pay for it or you sack me because I'm not, you know." And they went, "Well, we'll sack you then." So he was flirted. So of course, what happens then? Aaron Major moves in. Same problem. In, exactly to the director of yeah. Castle. Exactly the same thing happens. He goes to the board. They say, we've been through this before. You can fucking do one as well. Yeah. So what happens now is they've solved this problem because before Matt O'Connor comes in, they make him sign a contract with a clause in that he has that to he sort can't. out the deepest well yeah. in England underneath his rug. Wow. In the director of Rugby's Castle in Melton Mowbray. His, pre- his previous experience at Leicester, he'd have known about that, wouldn't you? Well, he's never been to the director of Rugby's Castle, has uh, he? Because he was see. just a player see. before. Fair enough. So yeah, it's so funny, that, that's what happened. Funny there. you should say that actually, because like I, I, I got a bit of an inside scoop on the, on the actual real reason that Johnny May um, left Gloucester to to join Leicester this summer actually, and yeah, like I know everybody's talking about like yeah, it's a bigger club, it's got more chance of silverware, blah blah blah. It's got the deepest it's well just, in England and its castle, all well, of that, yeah, that or two. But it's actually something. It's a bit more sinister. Like Ooh. apparently every year, right? Um, Gloucester nominate a player from their squad to take part. You know that. The Cooper's Hill cheese rolling competition. Yes, you know that they roll. Well, I, I've heard them. of cheese rolling competitions. I don't know. Yeah, the, I, they, I haven't. They, I don't know the specific competition. The world's but... famous. It's the one. Oh, is it? Okay. Where they, they get the big top of the hill and they roll a wheel of fucking cheese down and chase mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really understand the rules. A bit. It's not a sport. That's I don't, I don't think there's rules as such. But anyway, you know, for a bit of community relation, Gloucester nominate one player every year, and this year, May's name gets pulled out the hat. Mm-hmm. Now, big problem there. Because, you know, whole point of a cheese rolling competition, chase a wheel of cheese down a hill. Straight down the hill, yeah. And we all know oh, Johnny May is, is fucking yeah. incapable of running in a straight line. <laughs> and he, he genuinely feared that his constant fanning about would cause him to become entangled. And you know, people get injured in this thing all the time. Well, so imagine running perpendicular across... Down a, down a, a hill with across multiple wheels, 50 nine wheels of cheese of coming double Gloucester perpendicular coming to your you. run, yeah. Yeah, well, he's just, you know, people get injured in this thing all the time. And, like, somebody with his lack of of forward momentum and and constant lateral movement, he could have caused serious injury. So as soon as his name was pulled, he was like, right, fuck this. (laughs) As soon as his name was pulled, I've I've got to leave the club. There's nothing (laughs) else I can do. Well, you know, he doesn't want to to lose face in front of his teammates. He'd never recover from that. So he goes over to Leicester and, and... the, the wheels of cheese situation will never be spoken of again. It's a good job he didn't play for Pamplona, isn't it? I tell you what, God, can you imagine? Mind you, I have heard the wheel of cheese is worse than running the balls, though. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't a, a nine-pound wheel of double Gloucester can do a lot of damage. True, at, at terminal velocity. Exactly. Against that sort of knotted chopstick that is Johnny May. Imagine. It could have been carnage. could have been career-ending. So, I mean, it's bullet dodged as far as he's concerned. I suppose the bullet dodged exactly. <clears throat> what else did we yeah. learn from the weekend? Um, I've learned that um, the Scarlets are the best team in Wales, and it is not close. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Dragons, the Blues, and the Ospreys uh, were all, to varying degrees, an absolute bag of shit in round one, while um, Scarlets probably look like one of the better teams in Europe at the moment. 
they've got quality and depth all over the park. Um, they were the best team in Wales last year, of course, but like I think Leinster and Munster look like they're better than they were last year. Were they, were they the best the team start... in Wales all year last year, though? Well, no, but they came good. I mean, obviously they, they were, were, but they the won best. the championship. They were best team yeah. in, in a number of countries, but... Uh... But, yeah, that's the thing. Like, the Scarlets look like they've kicked on a bit. You know, they've got bloody Lee Halfpenny, for starters, but... Can you judge anything else... by the Southern Kings, though? No, and you definitely can't. And, obviously, like the, the Kings are going to flatter anyone, but the other regions look like they've gone backwards alarmingly, particularly the Ospreys and the Blues, who look like an absolute shower of shit. Uh, <laughs> the and... Blues were, were absolutely... Yeah, like... Honest to God, it was spectacular. Well, even with the, the the handicap of the Kings or the inverse handicap of playing against the Kings, it just looks like you know the other regions are going to need the ghost of fucking Zimbabwe Kingdom Brunel to bridge that chasm anytime soon. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it, it's a, a feast and famine situation, and the Scarlets are getting rich, and everybody else is fucked. There are a lot. You can't draw any conclusions from this work first week, though. As much as we no, are all you know joking you about this. Can't. It's a long old season. I mean, Gloucester didn't choke. That could be an indication that under new leadership, that might be a change, but we don't know. Yes. Do we? And they did beat just... last year's champions. So yeah, that is quite they... something to say. But they, also, they beat Saracens at Kingston last season, don't forget. Oh, of course they did, yeah. Yeah. They're quite good at beating the champions at home. <laughs> it's, it's doing things like winning a game away from home that they've often struggled with. So, uh, yeah. What I like about... Uh... <clears throat> What I learned, sorry, this weekend is that I've never, you know, what I've never really seen Gary Gold before. Yes, I mean, do you know what I mean? I mean, I know he's there, and I've read about I, him, and I, I've read I things he said. Him out of a police lineup, but I've really never didn't. really seen him before. And then I saw him being interviewed, and he looks absolutely like a sort of, do you know, that big long one camera shot in Goodfellas where they go down the bar, <laughs> and they go, and he says it was a glorious time. There was Nicky Eyes and Freddie No Nos, and they all like go hello to the camera. He yes. looks exactly like he should have been leaning on the bar in Goodfellas <laughs> as a peripheral sort of gang. There was Nicky Eyes and Gary Gold, you know. <laughs> What's yeah, up, what guys, sort of thing. What would his nickname have been? Well, he doesn't need one, does he? He's just to be Ga- guess, Gary yeah. Gold. It's already sorted, isn't it? There was Gary Gold. What's up, guys, sort of thing. And then he'd, he'd have ended <laughs> he has up... Got, he has got the slicked-backed hair of a sort of mid-range mafioso lieutenant, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he'd have turned up in the freezer on the back of the garbage truck after Jimmy didn't want to pay out after the, love, the Lufthansa heist and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love Goodfellas. <laughs> um, other things I learned this weekend. Um, I learned that Gavin Henson's decided that the best way for him to ca- recapture his 2009 pomp is to have the exact same haircut that me and him both had at that point in time. Um, Gav, between you and me, the sweepy emo fringe days are over, mate. Move on. Or oh, has he moved back on. to the emo fringe? I didn't actually yeah, see him up close he's, the he's gone. He's gone floppy hair again. I which... did go through a period of having hit that one that him and Mike Phillips had. That sort oh, of the... choppy mullet. Yes. And then the kind of the, 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 the brush together hedgehog spike at the front sort of thing. <laughs> it's a good job that you and I were not doing the podcast. I know. Can you imagine? It, it, and I was living in Cardiff then as well, so I think that was <laughs> oh, probably... Thanks. That almost that almost certainly influenced you quite significantly. I'm going to it say did. it did. It definitely. I was playing rugby and living in Cardiff, so well, there we go. That's not a surprise. We um, if take a break from what we've learned there. Unless you, I've got nothing else, unless you have. But anyway, um, I, I can't remember. Let me see. Doesn't matter. We'll uh, pause oh, yeah, for no, now. Only one more thing, actually, and that is quite literally. I reckon a big team could go down in the Premiership this season. Define big team and name names. <clears throat> Saints. Quids, yeah. Oh God, was, Saints. 
Oh. Saints, Twins, and, you know, they're not that big a team, but they've spent a lot of money. Worcester could go down as well. So, yeah, Saints, well, Saints, a neon shambles with Tool Station written on them. Oh, I mean, it's my perfect, God, isn't it? Did they not know? Shit, Did they not they? know when they started doing that what was going to be coming? <laughs> they were so bad. I they mean, Saracens did play very, very, very well in that first game. They did game. make it very, very, very straightforward. That first try that he scored, the Barrett, well, one, they let Barrett score. Two, yeah, they did. I mean, Lodzowski just ran at the line and they just totally <laughs> shat themselves. Yes. <laughs> they didn't have that, a clue. The, the number of times that I saw Harry Melander just stand and look while somebody... <laughs> Hits the most basic of angles and went flying past. Because that first try, Lazowski kind of ran at the line and almost seemed to just stand still and hold the ball out in one hand while yeah, <laughs> wait for somebody to like come it was on it a tray. And they were like, oh, <laughs> and Barrett went and, and no, fell over. Was, there were some lovely it, tries in there, and, you know. There were. They played some beautiful rugby, but fuck me, the Saints look shocking. And when you think that they've got the creative powerhouse that is Stephen Myler and <laughs> the sad ghost of George North to come back and reinforce that somehow. I am I am very worried and I don't know what they've seen that makes them keep want to keep Malinder. No. Who once He's... again at the end of the game was very disappointed and disappointed with the, what the boys have done this week and all of that. <laughs> I every do love week, it when you do an accent. Every week's the same. <laughs> Anyway, we've had an email this week. Yes. And it was from charmingman at gmail.com. And he says... A Smiths fan or just well, very confident? he says, I'm a big fan of the pod and all that stuff. Yeah. He then went on for ages about, about eating meat and how it's bad and banged on for ages about how he hates the monarchy. Ah. And I thought, well, all right. Then he says, I've sent you this attachment because I really like the pod, yours, mm. and it was signed the Rush Home Ruffian. Wow! Right, so this, and I've I've not had a chance to listen to it yet, but this this is what the this is what the attachment was. I was happy with John Hayes and the drunken art. Ian Evans knows I'm miserable now. I was looking for Dan Cole and I found Dan Cole. Ian Evans knows. Where can I buy this? What 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 about that? I mean it's, it's remarkable, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> oh, I mean, well. Just when you think that Sean Holly's songs has died a death. <laughs> and that we finally it? milked that joke to its logical and well, it's not, it's not a joke. We've got a celebrity fan quite clearly. <laughs> clearly, clearly. I mean, I'd like to know who's playing guitar for him because God knows he can't do it himself. <laughs> well, he's got that Boz Bora with the big oh, yeah, he has, actually, isn't he? Yeah. Well. He must well. have said, Boz, get yourself round the house. So there you go. <laughs> I've got, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to apologise or think that's the greatest piece of work we've ever, we've ever constructed. So. I mean, it's... <laughs> 
I think we'll let the readers decide that. The readers, the listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let us let us do you want do you want some more real celebrity fans sending music in yeah, over the I course mean, of the season? I I'm just pleased that Morrissey didn't say anything racist that because you know. True. Or about Brexit. Yeah. Or just something about black rugby players, you know. <laughs> let's, let's just be glad that happened. And and I think we we really need to move on now. Yeah. Bank of Ireland is looking out for your financial well-being. They want to help protect you from fraud. So whether it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or even just plain old Tuesday, be careful online. Don't assume that every text message or email you get claiming to be from a bank, a delivery service, or any company is legit. And remember, Bank of Ireland will never send you a text message or an email with a link asking for your full 365 PIN number or one-time passcodes, so don't give them out. Search Bank of Ireland Security, and together this Christmas, we won't let the fraudsters win. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. ACAST recommends... Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Let's, um, shall we play Would You Rather? Yes. Like a, like a drowning man reaching for anything. Yeah. <laughs> right, would would who, you rather? Yeah, go. Right. Fight 10 Peter Stringer-sized Luke Charteris's <laughs> or one Luke Charteris-sized Peter Stringer. <laughs> the weird thing is I've got one of mine this week involves Luke Charteris as well. It must Sorry, be the yeah. image of him, which is funny. He's a Sorry, ask me that again. <laughs> 10 Stringer-sized Charteris's or one charterist-sized Peter Stringer. Oh, it's got to be one charterist-sized Stringer. Mm. You wouldn't could, want. Yeah, because you could probably just nut him in the bollocks and run off, couldn't you? But you you won't want a swarm of them. <clears throat> See, that's the thing, because I would have gone the other way, because, like, Luke Charteris, for all of his size and bulk, he seems quite nice and kind of like a sort of... Yes. Like a, an easily startled brontosaurus, you know. He strides through the world of smaller animals... He just wants to get on with his job of tackling people and jumping occasionally. Whereas Peter Stringer, as we all know, is a mouthy little shit. And imagine inflating him to six foot nine. What a nightmare he'd be. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but you see, are you so we're saying oh I see. You see, I was assuming that the, the giant stringer would have some character <clears throat> characteristics of t- charteris. No, he'd but be no, he'd still be Peter Stringer ah, in oh, Charteris. Yeah, I might, revise size. My, might revise my thinking now. Oh, it's a tough one. Oh, either way. I don't, I don't think there's any winners there. You'd no, come off um, in a bad way either way. Yeah. It's right. not going to end well, is it? Anyway, continue. What have I got? I'll come back to my charges one in a minute. So I got, uh, would you rather be Matt Banahan's sprint coach or, <laughs> or Ian Balshaw's strength coach? Um, I mean, I think Matt Banahan's sprint coach should have a lot less to do. 
It's a, it's a fool's I mean, errand why, either way, though, isn't it? Why are you even fucking bothering now? <laughs> it's like, all right, Matt, just just give me ten shuttles and then we'll fucking go and get a pie or something, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that one, definitely. My balance sprint coach, okay. Um, would you rather be extra chief cultural diversity officer <laughs> or Saracen's club accountant? <laughs> oh, Saracen's club accountant all day. At least I could live <laughs> with myself. White all day crime, long. All day long. All day long. Not that I'm saying there's any crime involved. Um, Who would you rather say was your girlfriend? Right. Luke Charteris in full drag. <laughs> or Richard Hibbard, just dressed normally. Um, I can't handle tall women, so it's going to have to be Richard Hibbard. <laughs> I can't handle tall women. That's the one. <laughs> I don't mean that in a... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so much. No, no it's fine. It's fine. No, I'm gonna. Uh, we had and, and that was sounding like a massive sexist. This Brilliant. had a bit of traction on Twitter really? last week. Oh my god! Well, one, one because somebody's created a parody account, Mini oh, Andy yes, Powell. That was weird. I thought it was you. And you're like, no, that's not you. me. And you thought it was no. me. No, not to do with me. It's <laughs> so somebody out there, thank you, has created Mini Andy Powell. So that's we're going to judge the success of the pod by how many parody accounts have been created yes. by the so end of... If you just want to create constant parody accounts, I mean... Rugby <laughs> fan Morrissey, that's one that yes. almost writes itself, surely. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't already created that one, to be honest. <laughs> Why would I do that? Because it's nothing to do with me. It was yeah, sent no, to yeah, me yeah. in an email. Obviously. Um, Yes. So, any, but also, so there's the, the mini Andy Powell thing. So you can find that and follow it if you want. And he's done a brilliant Photoshop of putting Andy Powell's head on a little kid in a backpack. Yes, I especially <laughs> enjoy the shitness of it. It's <laughs> that's, that's that's kind of what I want from my parody accounts, to be honest. If you are going to create a Morrissey rugby fan one, I want him to be so badly photoshopped into <laughs> an English rugby shirt that or a sales. I can't shirt. think of him anything. Into a, photoshop him into a sales shirt because he. Sailor, exactly the right club. Other, for him. other than the Queen eating a live swan with Morrissey's head on it, I can't think of anything less Morrissey than an England <laughs> rugby player. No, he should be a sail player. He should be a sail player. Imagine how the ennui of the AJ Bell and Morrissey are just perfectly suited to one another. While you mentioned that, I was thinking, I was thinking about about what kind of things you might sounds from the grounds. I'm calling it mm. something you might hear around the rugby grounds around the country. Oh yeah. Um, have you have you been to Manchester and been on the Metrolink? I can't say I have. No. Well, on the Metrolink, you know they have the voiceover people. Like you know, on on the tube you get on like the G1, oh, yeah, yeah. and they say like the next station is Canada Water, sort of thing. Well, yes. the woman in on the Metrolink is this kind of slightly posh northern woman, which I love. It's like on brand, but she sounds kind of really fed up. So she is kind of like you know she's she's kind of like the next station is Cornbrook. Change it, change it, Cornbrook. If you want to go to Media City or something, it's it's, it's almost like that, you know. And um, and I imagine, I, like that. I imagine that's what the voiceover at Sale is like, given the yes. depressing ennui, as you point out, of the mm. thing. So I imagine there's, you know, there's kind of public service now. was like, people are reminded that suicide is not allowed in any parts of the ground. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or like the Liberty Stadium, which was the last player to leave the Liberty Stadium. Please turn off the lights on the way out. Yes. Uh, but also, why not partake of our meat pie special in the M60 carriageway suite, <laughs> where the entertainment will be inadequate? Thank you. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah, you know. I like it. Yeah. 
Well, if they're not, they should definitely get that woman in if they can afford her. And if they can afford James O'Connor, they probably can. They probably can. Sounds from Gloucester. Last yeah. season, you mentioned Johnny May at Gloucester last season. I imagine yeah. everyone who sat along the sides of the pitch, going along with what you said before, what you probably heard quite a lot was, fucking Johnny May's running straight at me again. <laughs> that sounded a bit more Welsh, didn't it? I apologise for that. That was a very borderline West Country accent. But even despite having lived here 10 years, I don't think I could do a better <laughs> job. So, you know. The stoop. Michelle yes. Rue's having a massive shit in the VIP lounge again. <laughs> See now that accent you have yeah. fucking nailed. <laughs> I'm afraid I missed that try. I was evicting, evicting 14 tenants via WhatsApp <laughs> type thing. Allianz Stadium. Yeah. Hello? That's it. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. That took me a... I'm sorry. Sorry, everybody. It took a little while to get there. I thought you'd stopped hearing me. Yeah, no, no. That was just my uh, incredible bit of satire about the lack of people in the Allianz Stadium. Yes. Well, Allianz Park, is it? I don't know. Fuck to go back cares. to Would You Rather, sorry. We mentioned the mini Andy Power. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Also, uh, I got a Would You Rather on Twitter from Pedro Hamondo, 34 oh, like kilos of idiot, and he said... Would you rather go magnet fishing with James Haskell or get hoofed in the balls by Elliot Daly? Now, apparently, this magnet fishing thing, somebody sent me a link to this. It was James Haskell magnet fishing. Now, you see, things I didn't know what magnet fishing was because I thought, surely it isn't just fishing with a magnet. But yeah. apparently it is. Sorry, I, did, I, did, I forgot that I was on a podcast there and I was just <laughs> shaking my head wearily. Um, yes, I... I did like the fact. Did you see that? Like Channel Five did that, like rugby players reading mean tweets about themselves thing. As like I didn't, a little I didn't social... see that. I've seen other people do that, but they started doing that. Mm. Didn't they? Yeah, they they started doing that, and it was it was very telling that all of the players, like Dylan Hartley, somebody was basically saying that he would looked like a potato <laughs> and various other things, and they all took it in relative humour and sort of had a bit of a comeback on their hands. And Haskell, obviously, mm. had... I can't even remember what somebody said. It was something entirely factual and true, no doubt. But um, <laughs> his response was, oh, you, you must be a person of low intelligence. And it's like... That's the thing. That's I, the shittest. That's the shittest comeback I've ever heard. I've managed. I've, I've got to hunting banterbury. <laughs> got to week two that mentioned him. I'm genuinely. I'm absolutely baffled as to why people <clears> think he's somehow witty or amusing because his 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 banter is actually. I hate the word banter, but his banter is genuinely fucking appalling. Yeah, it's it's it's. There was absolutely no humour in his comeback whatsoever. Well, I'm amazed he could find it, just it because like... he's blocked anyone who says anything negative, so I'm amazed he actually found yeah. it. <laughs> but the thing is, like, like, why, like, oh, he's just, he's so devoid of any, like... Are you looking for it now? I can with... see you peering over I'm, your I'm microphone. I'm trying to find out what the original tweet was that he got him so knocked. Hey, has he blocked you? I've never asked you that question. Are you blocked by Haskell? I don't think I am. Wow. But, which is remarkable. I can't find it, whatever. But it's just like the man has no comebacks. His comebacks are, you're stupid, which yeah. is basically what a primary school child says. It's one level up from your mum, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's, it's, I'd say it's one below your mum, because <laughs> at least your mum has a bit of sort of, I don't know, it's, it's got more to it than just, oh, you're stupid. 
I know you are, but what am I? Yeah, it's like you're supposed to be the Archbishop of fucking Banterbury, mate. <laughs> Have a bit of better chat than that. <laughs> Bantosaurus Rex, etc. <laughs> oh, good anyway, lord. Yes, let's not go here. Yeah, um, so. So there you yeah. go, yeah. So I went off on a total tangent there. Yeah, you For did, a surprise. Yeah. Shall we do shit good? Have we got there? Um, or is there anything else that we're supposed to be doing? Um, no, I think, yeah, we should go shit good now, shouldn't we? We should. This uh, might actually be our shortest podcast ever. No, we haven't started shit good yet, so calm yourself down. <laughs> I just do stuff, yeah. Right, good. I've got a good hit. Dan Carter helps opponents up with cramp. Seen the video? Yeah, I thought that was nice. He's kind of back, you know, earning millions and all that kind of stuff. Probably a bit drunk. But he just wandered yeah. over to the side of the pitch and, you know, gave a fella a bit of a... No, he didn't just help him up, help him up. actually extended his leg, gave him a bit of cramp. Yeah. It's easy to forget, you know, because he's, he's made of gold now. But yeah. he's actually, you know, still a very decent bloke. Through it all, through his brilliance, he was a genuinely decent bloke and, and remains yes. so. And very down-to-earth and very... And all of that. Just that, yeah. Um one thing that I thought was good was the possibility for the future that we are going to see a back row that contains both Ruan Ackerman and Ross Moriarty at Gloucester. That's not <laughs> bad, is it? Be, it's going to be That's so going to be some fun. boom, boom right there, isn't it? It's going to be a lot of violent fun. Can you imagine managing to haul down Ruan Ackerman, <laughs> having him just trampled over your face, and then getting back up to reload and... The next person picking the ball up off the base of the rack is fucking Ross Moriarty. You just go home, wouldn't you? And then, and to be fair, they got Ben Morgan as well, who's not who's not small. Who's a good carrier, exactly. They could they could play if they wanted to stick Moriarty at seven, which you know he has played there at Test level. That could be the most jumbo of jumbo back rows. Uh, what else was good this week? Sam Simmons for Exeter. Yeah, young number look eight. What, he looked look quite good. Yes, look what happens when Exeter have a bit of dynamism <laughs> for a change. But it still scores the same number of tries. Exactly, so. scores the same number of tries and actually contributes things elsewhere. Doesn't just flop over the line, but actually, you know, occasionally uses footwork. Yes, he was runs a, a, runs a bit. He was very dynamic, very athletic. Was, very, I was a big fan of him, and not just because he's not. That's a base 50 points to start with, isn't it? Before you even start adding on the extras. Speaking of which, um, good was just the mere presence, in a very related news, the mere presence of Nick Williams on a professional rugby field on Friday night for making me feel like, even with my current body type, (laughs) I could still have a crack at top flight rugby. Like, the man is not even trying anymore. He is on the pies. Oh, yeah. Full time. I mean, he's never been a spelt man, but it was Bastero level. And he's a, well, at least he's a forward. At least you know Bastero's a back. He's allowed, isn't it? True, but he's he is a number eight. As we've just yeah. moved on discussing one dynamic, exciting number eight <laughs> to a man that is basically thirty-seven and is very bored of conditioning now. Speaking of Speaking of people who are 36 or 37, uh, Shark Brits, by the way. Not Shark. You're... Just ridiculous. Yes. To be honest with you, Shark Burger as well. Yeah. Who appears to have developed an offloading game that he never used to have, which baffles me when players do that late in their career, but hey-ho. What a career he's had, by the way, Shark Brits. Started in happy days. Yep. And then ended up playing professional rugby for a living. Incredible. Exactly. At the age of 72. 
And speaking of age of 72, Topsy Ojo's <laughs> pass and follow and catch and go. Did you see it? It, did it amuse, was great. Speaking of which, it did amuse me in that mean tweets thing where somebody was like, I can't believe Topsy Ojo is still playing. He's got to be <laughs> about 70 years old now. And I, for a minute, I was like, please don't let this be a tweet from Lee. Please don't <laughs> let this be a tweet from Lee. But uh, it wasn't. Um, other good things, Edinburgh. Defence, set piece. Richard Cockerell take a bow because you've already done more than any other Edinburgh coach in recent memory has done in shoring up that team. And as David Mill said uh, on Twitter, uh, at jocktweet1971, <laughs> I'm assuming he's an Edinburgh fan, he said, uh, good, no, to, a- to add to that list of good things, just simply put Duncan Weir. Yeah, fair play. Cardiff lost at home to a team containing Duncan Weir. It is a dark moment for fans. But of he Wales's did genuinely region, play it? well. It is—is is it the Cockerell effect? Well, that is the question. I mean, is yeah. it Cardiff played bad or Edinburgh played good? I think it's a bit in the middle, to be honest. I think Edinburgh were very solid where they needed to be solid. I was Cardiff very, were excruciatingly bad. <laughs> I was very, very, very happy to see the Mish again. I'd forgotten how much I missed him over the he summer. Is very entertaining, isn't he? And I mean, let's not forget that that Edinburgh front row did have, you know. A couple of test players in there, mm. and Cardiff didn't. Well, they're not <laughs> test players anymore. Let's not beat around the bush. Um, like that front row must have had a combined age of about two hundred and eight. But <laughs> it, you know, they're all. In I there. fucking like, love old players. Me too. I mean, it like it delights me that what's his face is definitely say still playing at forty. It's absurd and ridiculous and silly. And shouldn't happen in the modern game, and it makes me so happy that it does. And speaking of uh, of of old players, well, he's not really old, but even so, Blair <clears throat> Cowan. Remember when Blair Cowan <laughs> was good for a minute, and then was largely a bit rubbish. <laughs> Literally five minutes, and then was he a bit rubbish. Too good game for Scotland, and then it was like be gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then he and be relegated. <laughs> yeah, you suspiciously long-haired Scotsman, get but out. London Irish looked genuinely very good. Mm, I know. Well, you, you fair play. You were saying last week yeah. that. You know, they said that that pack was going to terrify a few people. Blair Cowan did really a proper porn offload. Yes. And like, they might not have a great deal behind the scrum in terms of, like, names, but when the platform is that solid, you'll be fine. And, you know, I'm sorry to be juvenile, but, but Trevor Anus will never not be funny. <laughs> You're 100% correct in that. Assertion. I'm sorry, but it, it properly... I'm starting to even sort of giggle a bit now, just thinking about... <laughs> It's a fact. I knew, I'm not sure what his first name is. It's the fact that it sounds that like he's called Trevor Space Anus. Yeah, it's like he's got a double-barreled first name. It sounds like he's a particular like wears like brown Farrah slacks and he's a very Jobsworth type character. Trevor Anus. <laughs> a Fisa Trevor Anus. A Fisa Trevor. See, that. that's not as funny. Just being called Trevor Anus. It's, I think yeah. it's Trevor Arnus as well. To be fair. Yeah, but, you know, is, but it'll always be Anus to me. We try not to be too obvious with the jokes too often, but Trevor Edis is just simply will never stop being funny. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, it's just funny. It is just um, funny. Speaking of London Irish uh, as well, Adam Baldwin hmm. got in touch on Twitter and he said, good, is Nick Kennedy's response to the London Irish win? Humility around the one game means nothing is the grounded leadership that keeps them determined and shows he's a, he's a bit of class, Nick Kennedy. Yes, oh, agree right. with them. But fucking, it, what coach is going to come out and give it large after the first game of the season, if you even if you do have a good result, you know, like be, being, you know, 
like saying, no, I'll move on to the next game is the most rugby cliche of rugby cliches. So, you know, fair play for him not getting carried away. But... I'm, so, I'm sorry, Adam. I tried. Josh has just shot it completely down in flames. Yeah, don't agree at all. Josh did a perfect Get example back. there of everything, every word that he said before the word but you can ignore. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> have you got any other good over there? I have. Um, Johnny McNichol, and particularly uh, that Johnny McNichol finish in the corner against the Kings, where yes. his entire body, bar his arm and the ball, were both in touch and airborne, and somehow he still scored it. There were like... quite a few good um, finishes like that this weekend. Maitland had one. There were. Maitland had but, one or two, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. I particularly like the fact that like he was he just got it down so cleanly, and there were two men trying to tackle him. I mean, they were Kings players, so they were probably trying to tackle the sort of, you know, acid ghosts of themselves, but... Yeah, he just made it look so casual and regulation. It's like I'm surprised he didn't throw, throw like a body pop or two into the routine just to make it a little bit more razzle-dazzle. He's such a good player, though. He Johnny literally is, yeah. cannot become Welsh quick enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's got 18 months now. Get the fuck on with it. There's, the finishes like that are, I wouldn't say common, but they are more likely <laughs> and more often seen in rugby league. I yes. think they genuinely, they must genuinely work on that just getting the ball down an inch of grass while you're in midair yes. thing quite well, a lot. It's not, because I think because the the field is obviously so, rugby league defences are so organised because they get to, hmm. you know, organise after every tackle. Yes. That you kind of have to. Up to a point, but yes, I see what you're yeah. saying, yeah. <clears throat> you kind of have to be an expert in exploiting the smallest of openings, whereas rugby union is a lot more about creating that space in which to hmm. score the try through, you know, sucking men into the ruck, etc., etc. So maybe it's just like they don't work on that kind of finishing. But it's probably a case that you see a lot of Southern Hemisphere players do it because they grew up playing both. Yeah, maybe, maybe, mm. or it's just something they know. work on down there. Yeah, because I don't yeah. think there's an element of you've got to be naturally sort of athletic enough to do it. But I mean, it I, is something that can be coached. I'll tell you how it would I'll go. Tell you how... <laughs> I'll tell you what it would go if I did it. I'd land, ten... I'd land four foot short of the line. Yes. I'd take basically. off and just land about a foot away from where I took off. Yeah, so I'd, I'd be rolling down over the running track and uh, bumping up against the advertising boards. It'd be lovely. Any more good? Uh, no, I think that's me for good. What have we got good um, anywhere else? Oh, well, Graham Love got in touch. And he said, "Good, it's the Scottish teams, one hundred percent in the Pro 14. I always love, I always love percentages on low numbers. They're yes. always the most valuable thing to use. We've improved performance by a hundred percent. I mean, you've got one instead of zero, sort of thing, or yeah. two instead of I one. Mean, fair play. And also, he more said, shit, we're moving, in, we're moving into shit now. Shit is Glasgow's post try gifts. Yes. Now, actually, I've seen these starting to creep in now." Oh, and I can, yes. I'm, ge- I can genuinely say that I've never been more disturbed by anything in my life than this coming I'll t- along. I'll tell you what I have been. I will put straight into shit <laughs> with an exclamation. I know. Point I think I know what you're going to say. Underlining, <laughs> fucking, oh, stupid, social media team naming gimmicks. Right. All right. Yeah. Go on. <clears throat> Bristol. They announced their team for the game on the weekend with a little picture of the lineup on a rugby field. Hmm. Too small to actually see the names of the people who are picked. Bit of an issue. Also, <laughs> also, and I know this boiled your piss something rotten, they called their subs impact players, which is 100% Eddie Jones's fault 
and he should be banned from rugby for life immediately for inflicting this bollocks on us. Because where's that going to end? Because he's called them finishers. Yeah. Fuck off. Now it's impact players. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. What other words? Because you see, they won't stop now. Mm. You know, once you start this cheese rolling down the hill, apart from putting Johnny May in the way of it, you can't stop it rolling. (laughs) So so there will be more and more ridiculous names for substitutes coming out, won't there? Yeah. Like, I don't know, like second winders. (laughs) (laughs) That would actually be quite funny. I I don't mind. Somebody will call them like, you know, the fucking, the heavy crew or the, you know, the cavalry. (laughs) Yeah, the cavalry. Yeah, that would be one, wouldn't it? Um, But like, yeah, I mean, but but related to that, the worst thing that I've seen this weekend, even worse, sir, and more disgusting. Even worse, that is bad. Even worse. <laughs> oh, see, it's made me so angry I've forgotten how to use the English language. <laughs> um, the Ospreys, right, this yeah. season, rather than, like, putting their, you know, what do you want when your team is announced? You want a fucking list of names with the numbers next to them, right? Hmm. Put it in a fucking picture if you want. Put them in a nice little lineup so they look how they're on the field, as long as they're legible. Fine. What do the Ospreys do? A two-minute team announcement video. What on Twitter? Who, yeah. <laughs> the own. Who has got two minutes to sit and watch a fucking team announcement for a game against fucking Zebra? <laughs> I have not got fucking 120 seconds to sit and find out if fucking Ben John's playing. No good can and come I, of this. No good can come of this whole I, direction of travel. I honestly think that like it's a it's a tactic to drive people to their websites because you know I can't be fucking asked to watch a two minute thing on Twitter. True, actually. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to their website because it'll actually be written in words there, <laughs> which <laughs> I can read in two seconds. So yeah. the words pivot to video are used a lot at the moment, and it makes people very angry. Including pivot to video. Yes. Didn't he play? Didn't he Lord... play outside centre for Tonga did, one year? Actually, yeah. But. Uh... <laughs> Uh, that was a better joke than I gave you credit for. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yeah, but, you know, everybody's is trying to do video instead of text these days because they think that people don't want to read things anymore. Yeah. It, actually, it's, they can sell ads at the end of videos. Yeah, of course but, um, can, yeah. But, yeah, are we pivoting to video in fucking team announcements now? Because that has gone too far. Way too far. Yes. Like, just stop it, stop it, stop it. Forever. Uh, I forgot when we were doing the review before because I went off on one. Um, That's not. To talk, while we're in shit, it fits here anyway. We need to catch up on the Cuthbert Police on Cup. We fucking do. The world's greatest and worst championship. I mean, when you think about it, the fact that Leinster somehow held the Cuthbert Police on Cup for a whopping, what is it, 119 days? 119 days. It's another example of how the CPC makes no sense whatsoever and is no respecter of loyalty, physics, sense, whatever. So, but then, of course, you know, the world writes itself in the end. It does. And the Dragons kicked off their brave new WRU-owned era by getting pasted at home on their new plastic pitch. But um, it does seem a bit wrong that Super Gav's got the CPC presumably in his boot bag right now. He probably will have. He's probably pissed on it or in it. Probably. Well, I don't blame him, to be honest. He's welcome to. <laughs> but they have got a trophy already. I mean, Jackman must yes, surely be pleased about true. that. If you're like listening, one Burgess, game, you know, one trophy. don't write it off. 
you might as well retire now. It's still better than the Challenge Cup, let's be honest. Yes. It's still got more value. It's, it's more, more value than the Anglo-Welsh Cup. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that is very true. So, in terms of the great... So, yes, Dragons now hold it. Leinster held it for a whopping 119 days. But there's always been the unfairness of the off-season carry, hasn't there? That holding yes. it for the... So, I thought, because, you know, I've got nothing better to do, clearly... <laughs> I will look at a fairer way because if you look at the top at the top of the CPC list, who yes. held it the longest, you got Dragons who held it all summer last summer, mm. with 138 days, and you got Leinster who held it all summer last summer, 119 days. Third is Zebra, who've never held it for the summer, but have held it for 113 days. I mean, that says a lot. That does it? say a lot. That's that's becoming more realistic. So what I did is an analysis. I've actually done this. Ladies and gentlemen, oh my God. I went and looked how many games each period the pers- the, the people held it for. <clears throat> yeah. So, for example, when Leinster held it for 119 days, they only actually held it for one game, which is the game that they got it in. Yes. I don't count the one that they lost, you know, that they gave it back in. So, I did the analysis of what's the average matches per <clears throat> period held that yeah. the teams had it for. So, if you look at Dragons, they've had it for 138. Uh, days, yeah, and they've held the trophy three times, but only for five yeah. matches. That's one point six matches per period held. Yeah, fair play. Which is you know so actually because so they're maybe not as bad. Zebra, for example, one hundred thirteen yeah. days, eleven matches, five point five matches per period held. Only held it twice, but they've yeah. on average they held it for it five for and a half matches. Yeah. Treviso are even worse, six matches per period yeah. held. I can believe that. Ospreys. Yeah. I'm sorry to tell you, I think they held it for five matches. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> They've only held it once. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to change this season, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but there is a delicious prospect of it ending up in South Africa. That's a fucking good point. And are the Kings and that playing with in any other tournaments? Have well, they got a South African the Cup Kings competition? The Kings are technically playing, and the, Chiefs, and the Cheetahs rather, are technically playing in... The Curry Cup, but they're playing in the Curry Cup in, you know, it's a different team, really, isn't it? Even though they're playing. Well, the we need to kit. make a rule on this, I suppose, because we never, we haven't really we thought this through. Well, I think the rule was, you know, back in the day, there was the the there were the, the provincial sides that played in the Curry Cup hmm. were different to this, and what we've got is basically the Super Rugby outfit, who yeah. were a separate entity to the. Should it end outfit. up in South Africa? We'll have to take a view. I can't. I'm well, not ruling on it now, but I'm 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 happy for it to stay in South Africa. Hopefully, until they play somebody local in pre-season, and it makes a jump to Super Rugby. That's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> well, they play. No, well, yes, they play no, like, that is they, it. They, isn't play it? Like, yeah. they play like Namibia in a pre-season friendly, and then the yeah, and then somehow the Hurricanes end up with it or something. Can you imagine? <laughs> or it goes international. It... Oh, oh God, oh. yeah, yeah. Although we have, we have Ooh, said I mean, mine's boggling and how beautiful we it have is. said in the past it should only be competitive internationals that count, but then at the same time, I think if it makes me happy, then we should do it. Well, it can't be that bad, as Cheryl once said. Well, indeed. Um, Speaking of the actually, just before we move did, off this, yes. I just want to confirm that we're not changing the name. Oh no, we've it. stuck with it. It's a brand now, you yeah. know, and we can't, you know, it's a brand now, and we're not going away from it. Yeah. That's, anyway, that's sorry, you were saying. Speaking of going back to good briefly. Oh, okay. Um, did you see that try 
that that young man from Grenoble. Gervais Cordain. Gervais Cordain. Sounds like a way of keeping uh, the former star of The Office away from you. Gervais <laughs> Cordain. Hey. Um, hey. Um, the thing that I liked about it, A, what a fucking try that was. Holy what a shit. step, by the way. Yes. Three times. Uh, that was outrageous. However, what I really liked, speaking of the dragons, Bernard Jackman is incredibly good on social media. He is brilliant, Twitter. yeah. And Al Dimmock of Rugby World was like, was basically being the fucking killjoy and saying, yeah, all right. But is he actually any good? What's his position what's his... like? Oh, yeah, shut up, What's Alan. his defence? What's his, like, 80 minutes concentration, kicking game like, etc.? And the first person to respond was Bernard fucking Jackman, who, let's not forget, coached him last year and was like, <laughs> yeah, he's lots to work on, but he's a really good kid. With Proper lad. What do you think? Good attitude, good work ethic, yeah. yeah. It's like, that's exactly what I want from a modern rugby head coach. Just be like, oh, hello. Yeah, I can tell you exactly anyway. what you need to know because I used to coach him. A total lack of position and awareness and general fundamentals of the game has never stopped anybody playing for France before. Exactly. I mean, you look at that entire squad right now and half of them would still be sat at home eating croissants if that was in any way a, <laughs> a, any kind of barrier to entry. Jesus. And there's somebody on the Facebook page, because I put the video on the Facebook page, somebody came back and said, well, France will probably play him at 12 anyway. So. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that was glorious. Fantastic try. It's amazing. You see, these little nuggets you used to find, you don't, they're not nuggets anymore because they're retweeted 9 million times by 37 different accounts within half yeah, an hour, aren't and they? within half an hour, everyone on the planet has seen it. Yeah, it is a bit sad in that regard. And you're like, but... you're like, people are tagging their mates and their mates are going, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, seen it, I've seen it. Don't worry about it. Right then, let's go on to shit proper. The yes. Pen got in touch, friend of the pod. I hope you're all right there, The Pen and the young lad Josh. Not this young lad Josh, the other young Hello. lad Josh. Not that young. He said, shit, Cardiff, Sale... Northam- and Northampton all looking absolutely honking. Yes. Eb- I mean, excellent use of the word honking, by the way. <laughs> I mean, that blues, the blues, the blues, the blues, fucking hell. That was one of the most dis- insipid displays they've put in for quite some time. A mate of mine went but... and he said it was just desperate. Yeah. I, uh, had a friend of the pod, Adam Reese, went and I think he. he, he... He was more angry than any of us because he'd paid £20 for the privilege of watching that dog shit. And uh, it was just, they were so bad in all areas of the game. Like, the attack was anemic and utterly uninspiring. But the defence, they've brought Sean Edwards in to sort out that defence. And every time Edinburgh went to the wide channels, they scored. It was unbelievably bad. That was like... Do you remember when they had um, Anthony Sullivan and Chris Chekai on opposite wings? Oh, God, golden was... heady days. <laughs> um, now they've got Matthew Morgan at fullback, who is a fucking liability. He's a fucking unit. No, he's not. Yeah, no. Um, he is. Oh, he, he is actually like a real mini Andy Powell. He actually is. He tries he? his yeah. best, but you know, questionable decision making. This, yeah, of all the bad decisions the Ospreys have made, not let deciding that Sam Davis was going to be their ten of the future as opposed to him is probably not one of them, to be honest. Right, uh, Andy Render got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud, and he said uh, it must be shit hashtag shit to be a Connacht back and realise that that weather is what's coming every other week for the next six months. <laughs> We've all played in those games. He looks so miserable these days. It's we've like all... after three or four years of this shit, he's just like, does it ever stop? 
And John Muldoon turns to him and he's like, no, don't be stupid. <laughs> We've all played in those games where yes. one side of your body's completely dry and the other side is totally saturated. <laughs> That's basically current at all times, isn't it? Yeah. And the only the only respite they get is that they change ends at half time, and so the other side gets to get soaked through, <laughs> while the other side sort of dries. Because yeah, I love their ground; it's proper. It looks like it's at the end of the world. Because there's like yeah, no, there's, there's just the ground and then the sea. At the end of the world, isn't it? It's fantastic. Run by the dog board. Don't forget that. <laughs> That's why they can't redevelop the stadium because they have to get the dog board to approve it. I mean, in fairness, they can't be any more difficult than Cardiff Athletic Club, but. <laughs> Um, other things that are shit, I mean, this is kind of an evergreen shit, but was particularly obvious this weekend. Mid-game interviews. Oh, and oh, do you know what? They're awful. But the best part was, BT were quizzing Jordan Murphy during Leicester um, Bath on hmm. the weekend. And he was literally like, they Leicester had won a penalty and his he was supposed to be going on with a kicking tee and he was trying to get away and they kept talking to him. And he, in the end, he was just like, I've got to run on with the team <laughs> and just fucked off. <laughs> it was just like, just don't talk to somebody who's got a job to do in the game. Not when I went down to uh, BT Sport, the rugby tonight thing. I said mm. I met the executive producer, <clears> and <throat> I said to him very clearly, "This interview in, a, in the half thing, do you th- really think it's worth doing it?" Oh yeah, absolutely. And I said, "Well, I." I said, have you ever had, any, had anything that's actually useful or entertaining or insightful from it? Oh, I think so. Sometimes I was like, well, oh, okay then. Because, you know, you're obviously not going to engage in this in any normal way because that is absolute palpable bollocks that you're speaking. They hate doing it. They can hardly hear you. And they just say things to make you go away. Yeah. That, n- nobody has ever said anything insightful in those things with the exception of Jerry Flannery at Munster who for some reason feels obligated to actually give really good insight. <laughs> it's like, Jerry, nobody else is doing this. Stop it. You know, I've actually said, the whole well, process. we're losing in this part, so we're going to maybe bring on this substitute because he's stronger in this part of the game and stuff. But they don't do that, do they? They just go, oh, no. we need to uh, you know, keep all yeah. of the ball a bit better. and Yeah, we need to know, work on our exits. Focus and, uh... on <laughs> restarts and yeah. focus on the right areas. Yeah, we just got to get more physical in the contact area, really. We're getting a bit overpowered there at the moment. And uh, I'm Speaking of Bath, what about that then, by the way? Fucking hell. Uh, they're basically turning into the Crusaders, aren't they? Yes. Like, Todd Blackadder has basically gone, right, fuck this shit. We're going to become a bunch of horrible bastards who are really clinical, defend very well, and are sort of shit houses. Yeah. I won quite a lot of Super Rugby titles with that. Yes. I bet it works up here too. And the answer is, yes, it does. Entire games where it looks like we're going to lose and somehow I win just through being a yes. shit. Yeah. And and imagine, hey, imagine when Brew comes back in the squad. That's what oh, they're capable of. Physicality there. With, with, with a no Brew 23. So imagine what it's like. Yeah. Imagine when they've got a clue. Yes, it did. They, had, they literally had no clue with the weekend. So yeah, when they, <laughs> no Brew, no clue. So basically, <laughs> yeah. Right, what else have we got? On, uh, oh shit. Simo1962 got in touch on Twitter and said, shit, ref... Reffing on the throwing at the scrum. I've already had me say on this, Simo. I can see where you're coming from, but I've just let it go now. Honestly, mate, let yeah, me just take my it. advice. And everyone out there to take my advice. Stop it's much caring. easier to let it go and focus on other things to be angry about. Like yeah. lots of things we've talked about tonight. You know, yeah. it people are writing impact players when it used to say replacements. 
That's something to really focus your hatred on. People are making videos of team <laughs> announcements. Let's just let's just think you know, about that for a minute. People and ask are, yourself pe- if a slightly crooked feed is that much of a problem. People are being James Haskell out there right now. That's yeah. where to really focus yourself. You can't. James Haskell needs someone to magnet fish with. Think about that for a minute. Uh, Nick got in touch on Twitter and he said he said good was Elliot Daly resigning, resigning, not resigning, for Wasps. <laughs> And and he said, shit, Northampton had done the impossible and found something worse than that kit that they were wearing. <laughs> that is true. It did make that kit look positively bearable kit, by comparison. My football team, Oldham, haven't won a game this season and we lost again on Saturday. And I looked at the table thinking, oh Christ, how far adrift are we at the bottom of the table? And in the football, Northampton are below us and keeping us off the bottom. It's, it's like so, they so, are made to just make you feel better. About it's, just, it's another thing to giggle at Northampton about. It, it's cross <laughs> cross sport, cro- across the football codes. It's good. It's good that they they're doing vital work. I feel. What else have have you got? Anything else? No, I think that's me this week. We still I'm managed just... to get to an hour and ten minutes, even though wow. when we started shit good at about forty minutes, you said this this could be the shortest <laughs> one ever. But that's still not bad for us. <laughs> I'll take that. You know, compared to last week's Russian novel of a podcast. Now, Josh, yeah. you are fucking gallivanting off like some kind of international jet set magnate next week. I am actually. I'm going to be very much on the in the wrong continent for uh, doing a what, like podcast. the Pro 14. Boom. <laughs> yes. yes, I'll be even further away than a Kings away game. I think maybe technically, who knows. Yes, well, so I need to figure out what to do about the pod next week. I need to probably find somebody to do it with. Cause... I think you should get Morrissey. I've, well, actually, yeah, I've got his email now, haven't I? I yeah, exactly. I think you should record uh, an entire album and just put that out. <laughs> or I could send the message out to get famous fans to send in Sean Holly songs, yes, couldn't I? sort of make it like a, yeah, Sean Holly mega mix. Well, I'll see what happens next week, people. One of those charity singles, but much more worthwhile. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember the Ferry Cross the Mersey charity single done by Stock Aitken and Waterman? I do, yeah. Tragic Very worthy, but good God. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm not sure what's happening next week. I still need to figure it out. But Josh will definitely not be here either way because no, he'll be having a lovely time try across an ocean. So Yeah, try to cope without me, everybody. I mean, I know it's hard, but you'll get through this. I promise. We'll see you all next week. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care. Take care, everyone. Bye. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.